to another episode of the M2M podcast. I'm your boy Daniel King Sold. And I'm Twee, Twee Estate. And we have a very, very special guest in the building, Miss Coco, Miss Catriona Smart. Hello. Thank you so very much for coming today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Oh, well, so listen, welcome. I've been, since we started this podcast, I've always asked, you know, who are some females that are in the city that's making noise business wise, entrepreneurship? And your name came up in almost every conversation of, you know, females that are that are getting busy, making noise and doing amazing things in the business world, in the industry. So we had to reach out and we're so happy and so honored that you're able to sit with us today. Thank you. So talk to us a little bit about like, you know, we have, you know, you do um, event planning and you have so many businesses. I heard you have a lot of investments in real estate, but talk to us about like your story and how things started and, you know, how we got to where we are right now. It's a long story. Let's go. We got time. Where do we start? Um, but to start my like entrepreneurship journey, I think it was, I've always been that kind of, for lack of better words, hustler. You know, I, I started working my first job when I was 13 um, and I've always wanted to work. But when I was in university and paying to get through university, I had a, I worked at Investor Line, which is a discount brokerage. And um, I worked at United Colors of Benetton doing retail. But then I also got a bartending job mm-hmm. and uh, figured out that was the most lucrative. This is pre-bottle service, okay? okay. So this is shot for shot, okay? okay. <laughs> On the Berg system, like okay. this, you know, watching it come out. But I was making um, upwards of six, $700 a night. Oh, Lord. And uh, when I realized that, that could be that lucrative, I went from one night to two nights to working five nights a week. Um, and at the time, um, I my boyfriend at the time was just like, how much money are you making? My mm-hmm. parents were just like, just save. And I'm mm-hmm. like, for what? So I would start buying really sick outfits to bartend. <laughs> yeah. and, and my other bartender friends would be like, why are you spending all your money that you, you worked so hard for at the bar to go put on like a pair of pleather pants to be behind the bar and ruining mm-hmm. them, right? Um, and two of the gr- women that I worked with actually owned their own property. So they're like, buy a house. I'm like, how am I going to buy a house? Like, that, that just seems so far mm-hmm. out of my... They're like, trust me, save your money, put it under your, under your bed and buy a house. Well, my boyfriend at the time was a real estate agent. Oh. And when I told him how much money I was making, he was <laughs> that like... That worked out. Yeah, he's like, give me $1,000 a week. And I'm like, oh, that's so much money. He's like, you said you worked five nights a week and you're making over $500 a shift. Yeah. Seems pretty easy to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, but twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, we he got me to save thirty thousand dollars, and I bought my first pre construction condo. Twenty one. Amazing! I got my first property at twenty one yeah, as well. Same. That's amazing. Yeah, right? So where, what, tell us about that investment. Where was it? Do you remember how much? Yeah, you paid it was for it? East End. I think it was a hundred and forty thousand. Oh, I wow. think that it it was five hundred and twenty square feet. It was super small. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even imagine living in now in that's something. normal now size. it's normal that's yeah. almost a little big like yeah. you know and, and that's how much is that now like seven eight hundred thousand like you wow. know like a lot of i just didn't understand real estate and no mm. one spoke to me about it my parents had bought one house and lost money in the early 90s when they moved to canada um, and so it was always a fear thing about mm-hmm. real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no, I, I didn't get those lessons until um, someone, my boyfriend, taught me at the time um, that 
real estate's all about the long play, mm-hmm. that you yeah. need to hold your money it's there. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's, no, mm-hmm. it's this whole, that whole idea of HGTV where they like flip your home, yeah. whatever. And you make 300 yeah. grand and you do this <laughs> and you paint the walls no, and yeah, it's just exactly. like that. You flip it just yes. like that. So like, easy. Exactly. Maybe in like one tiny place in the Midwest, but <laughs> is, in Toronto, not even anymore, right? Yeah. But I was able to take that one property and over, I think it, would, it took me about four years to get it to the place where I was going to sell it and then bought two more. Now this, this I've, I've owned over, up to now I've owned over 12 properties. So I've done that. It's not as easy anymore. The mm-hmm. real estate game, it's not Definitely, like yeah. you buy from plans, you're going to be able to make enough profit to buy two mm-hmm, or three pro- mm-hmm. properties. Um, but that's what I did to, that's how I made money. Yeah, I mean, that's, so what was the first business that you started? I'm assuming yeah. that real estate kind of gave you some capital to kind of propel to start your business mm. or kind of not sort I'd of? I still use bar- bartending funds. Well, okay. Um, we, we, one of the things I had mentioned to you earlier is that we were wearing nice, expensive clothes to bartend uh-huh. because we were just putting our money in that, which is stupid. And we figured that a friend of mine is a designer and she was working the coat check and she started to make like these kind of like um, spandex outfits that you could stick in the washing machine uh-huh. and put it in the dryer and then wear it again the next night could get covered in booze and it didn't matter right mm-hmm. it was like pretty indestructible lycra kind of fabric mm-hmm. um so she was selling those out of the coat check and i was like well i could wear your outfits and we could sell it behind the bar and then we eventually started a website before like anybody shopify did not exist like you know <laughs> so it was like very very almost dial up um and we opened a store and Queen West West before Vogue said it was one of the number one cities in the world and um, for shopping there was nothing there it was crickets we invested our money in that and really? it didn't so you really, guys were one of the yes. Creed Street West pioneers oh yes like, early. like way 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 back uh-huh. shout out to Get Fresh before yeah. Get Fresh yeah. okay yeah. I was yes. gonna say yeah, yeah we know Jabril yes Jabril. exactly <laughs> we had him on the podcast oh, he's amazing well. yeah, I love yeah, him yeah. he's an amazing guy so that I mean that kind of lends itself into this whole idea of like your network is your net worth Mm -hmm. i I bartended at a time when um sadly and i still think it happens in toronto um there was kind of like racism at the door they wouldn't let certain people in and i was like the only black bartender so i would i would kind of make it my mission that the people that always took care of me were the black people that came to my bar because i would be nice and everybody else would be mean to them i'm Uh like what are you talking about (laughs) great tippers so money's green yeah exactly (laughs) so i would work the nights the the quote-unquote black nights people didn't want to work i always did really well and then all of a sudden the basketball players started to come we started to have more of a scene in toronto Mm -hmm. but i always made sure that those people got into the club when the bouncers wouldn't let them in time yeah Yeah. um and some Still of those exists. guys have turned out to be the most famous guys in the world, mm-hmm. you know, when um, all, of, all of the OVO crew and all those people used to come to my bar underage. <laughs> and, um, and then we're talking about network is your net worth that come 20 years later, all of those people I can call friends. And, wow. and that, that's, that's kind of something what I always talk about is like, don't judge people um, by what they can do for you. Always be yourself. Mm-hmm. And Regardless. do yeah, and and act the way you're going to act always. Always be a good person. You never mm-hmm. know how things are going to come back to you. I wouldn't have known that these these like little guys that couldn't get into clubs <laughs> would end up being like the most famous people in the world. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm on a tangent, but that that is part of the story. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And speaking of OVO, I know one of my favorite songs right now is Jimmy Cooks. Oh you God, know, yes. which is yes. which is your fiance. Yeah. Yeah. When you heard that song originally, what was, was your like, thought? And like, 
Tell me, tell me what, was, what was your original thought? Did you know it was coming or it caught yeah. you by surprise? Well, we have, we, uh, over COVID, we, we renovated our basement. Okay. And so um, anytime we were allowed to have gatherings more than six people, <laughs> we would have these little parties in our basement. Mm-hmm. So it kind of became this kind of like safe haven for everybody. Um, and so it's like Jimmy Cook's, it's, you know, your, your day ones. Jimmy used to sell... Um, uh, Drake's mixtapes on their cross Canada tours. He was okay. like the guy, you know. <laughs> now we've all grown up and have lives and and jobs and mm-hmm. um, but it that kind of came out of the idea that like the people who are always there for you will always be there for yeah, you, yeah. and that there was always the safe. You're always safest when you're with the, pe- the your, people. You know. Your day ones, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So yes, so that's that. No, that's amazing. And now we talk about like the power of relationships mm-hmm. right and being able to you know certain knowing certain people will kind of help you get in the rooms right yeah. but now as an entrepreneur and you know as a female entrepreneur mm-hmm. at that when you get in these rooms how do you maximize that you yeah. know in terms of translating that to you know yeah we have good connections but how do you trans how do you monetize those you know relationships and and now sure you're in these rooms how do you now translate that to make sense in you know, for your business? Yeah, it's not, it, it's, it's, that's a really good question because it's a very hard question to answer. I think coming from a place of not wanting or needing anything, so you're never out there just trying to be like, oh, I know this person, what can I take from that person? Mm-hmm. It's more about, I, I have an events company, um, so I built a business around um, providing people a good time. And so I don't really need anything from those people directly. But I have, I can say that I have gotten jobs as a result of people knowing um, who my friends might be, right? So it's not really about a direct ask, but I do think if you're always providing help to other people, um, that's another thing. I'm in service to everybody. That's just my role, even as a leader, as a boss. um, One of the one of the former CEOs of Popeyes, the woman that made Popeyes, are kind of like. We know what Popeyes is. Took mm-hmm. it global, brought it into further into North America because Popeyes used to be a very small brand. Mm-hmm. Um, she 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 leads with the style of in service to her franchisees, and and when I heard her say that, I you hear about leadership all the time, and people are always talking about like top down or um, you have to like kind of be this overarching boss. But for me, it was like, how can I service people who work for me? to make them the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. So then our, our job is easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to uh, networking or, um, or working my contacts, it's more of, um, I'm there, how can I help you? And as a result of me helping you, you're gonna help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's amazing. One of my favorite quotes is actually from Zig Ziglar and mm-hmm. it's essentially saying, you could have everything in the world that you want if you help enough people See? get what they want. Exactly. Right? So it's like about helping there people make their dreams a reality. And in result, yours yes, will be that. 100%. So talk to us about this events company. Like I saw you had an amazing event at the Four Seasons mm-hmm. the other day. Um, how did this events company start? And can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, everything goes back to bartending. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you were a bartender back then, it was like, you know, we had promoters, but our, our, our owners really they'd be like how many people are you bringing tonight you know like so it was all about who could you connect with and who could you force to come on a wednesday night Mm -hmm. when it's snowing outside so um we went i went from like having a lot of people on the guest list to then turning it into um oh can i throw a night yeah you know this is a night curated yes exactly so um i would i started this thing once i was 
on my off nights, me and a friend, Ava, we started, um, I also really love history. So there was this thing in New York, it still exists, it's called the Social Register. And it's basically how socialites, they would be ranked on like, how effective they were in their community. Mm-hmm. And I'm like- It's almost like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's kind <laughs> of- Social it's, score. It's, yeah, it's totally racist <laughs> and horrible <laughs> when it comes down to you thinking about it. But I was like, we don't have anything for the like hip hop community. They, there were so many times that we weren't even al- allowed into clubs. So I'm going to take your Tuesday night club when mm-hmm. um, no one's coming and it's off night and allow me to bring in my people mm-hmm. and- I'm going to curate a night and you're going to see, you're going to make money. Everybody's going to be well behaved and we're going to play our kind of music. Right. And so we did it, but every time it was themed. So we would have like a 1920s theme and everybody would dress up Mm -hmm. totally awesome. So we would, we'd have flappers and, you know, we'd have special food. And so that's kind of how I started in events that I love to curate a space Mm -hmm. for everybody to have a good time. Um, I'm also Jamaican and Jamaican people, it's like in our, DNA to host. Yeah, it's always course. like, <laughs> you know. Party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> so that kind of grew. And after my clothing line um, wasn't super successful, I went more into just curating events for brands. Mm-hmm. So it went from um, one of our, we, we did events for Remy Martin and different liquor brands because mm-hmm. they had money, so but they like just didn't build. have the people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that's how the events company came. And then we started to do uh, actual real um, immersive experiences for different hotel brands. And as you mentioned, the Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. So I started a, a company, a, a PR agency seven years ago um, with a partner. And um, we were tasked to bring this kind of, take the hotel out of the hotel. And how do we make... Um, a brand like the Four Seasons, how do we make it not your grandparents' Four Seasons? Mm-hmm. How do we get millennials in that have money to want to have a brand alle- allegiance with mm-hmm. this old brand? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had done it with uh, Cointreau. It's, we, we called them dusty brands. Um, and nobody really knew what Quantro was. And so I created a brand, um, uh, like a marketing campaign. It was based on one of their old drinks. It was called a Ricky. And so I created this whole campaign where it was uh, this guy this guy or this girl ricky was coming to town it was tiff and he wants to invite you or she wants to invite you to their party at a mansion (laughs) (laughs) and um everybody and nobody knew that it was totally made up and everybody came to this party oh yeah i know ricky i saw him in saint tropez (laughs) oh yeah you know and they all came to this mansion to come have this party and everybody's there and they're like where's ricky and two actors i hired um a male and a female were both Ricky going around the party. And then at the, wow. the crux of the party, like when everybody was in the room and everybody's like, well, no, I met Ricky. They meet each other and they're actually paid actors and they got into a fight and wow. pushed each other in the pool. <laughs> so that, that ended up becoming like a global story that they told. Mm-hmm. And from that, Four Seasons wanted, like I was explaining before, to take the hotel out of the hotel. And we took this series called The Pop Down so pop down into the Four Seasons instead of a pop up, mm-hmm. and we brought it um, on a yacht, right? On a yacht I saw in Miami, that. a yeah. three hundred and fifty foot yacht. Ooh, That's that wild. was crazy. Yeah, yeah. tell us yeah. about that. Oh. Like, I've never even seen a yacht uh, that big in person. Neither before. had I. How did, you, you. Fla- how did you? How did you? That's a cruise ship. It's a full cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
the owner of our hotel, of the hotel that we represent in Toronto, Four Seasons Toronto, is Shahid Khan, and he owns this yacht. And he's okay. like, we did the party in Toronto, and um, we took over Theater Park had. Um, a space that they were going to make a restaurant, mm -hmm. but nobody was in there yet. So we took that over and we transformed it into this amazing event. And he was like, do you want to use our yacht? And we're like, yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> Sign us in up. fact yeah. we do. Yeah. So that was a crazy, crazy experience. They had, they have 32 full-time staff that work on that boat all year long. Mm -hmm. all year wow. long wow. If you can imagine. Um, and, and we brought the party on, but it was it was one of the hardest events because we were craning bars onto the onto it. Everything had to be brought on, mm -hmm. and um, it ended up being an amazing night. We brought six chefs in, four of which were Michelin star chefs to cook, okay. and so all all of our guests got to experience what it would be like to be at a Four Seasons. But we brought someone in from. Um, Florence to cook and we brought mm -hmm. someone in from all over the world someone in from Asia and they cooked their specialty so it was a food and beverage kind of like surprise all night long oh, which is pretty cool that sounds amazing yes then that we went to Hong amazing. Kong we brought it to Hong Kong oh amazing yeah oh, you guys took this thing international yes oh it was <laughs> international so we really got our, our chops our event chops wet we know how to work in it's one thing to work in your environment mm -hmm, you yeah. have your people but to work in a different country with a different language yeah and all different customs and the way they work. Yeah, it was it it was like the university of event planning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even even to expound on that, like, what are the challenges being someone that manages an event planning yeah. company? Because there's a lot of people. Like, I know a lot of like females, mm -hmm. young entrepreneurs that are trying to get into the event planning space. Mm -hmm. They're starting with weddings and birthdays and that sort of thing. Um, you see like the balloon garland yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like that's yeah. like the typical yeah. event planner. That's how they start, right? Yeah. But like, how does someone from there kind of scale up yeah. to doing corporate events and doing um, brand partnerships and doing things like that? Like, how do you get from the garland with the two, three, yeah. <laughs> and the light bulb, yeah, wow. to <laughs> and no shade, okay? No, not at all, because yeah. everybody has yeah. to start somewhere, and yeah. I hired them all the time. Yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. So how do you get from that to you know yeah. a more corporate level? type of uh, a structure as a the, again it's it as I said before it's like your network is your net worth it's mm -hmm. it's about going out there and finding the business it's a lot of free work in the beginning it's a lot of favors it's a lot of knowing which person and who to do that favor for that mm -hmm. will give you something in return yeah. like photos mm -hmm. or a tag on Instagram yeah. that they'll do it and it's only allowing for that so much of that that you can actually become profitable mm -hmm. it's about making relationships so if you're not the person who makes the balloon garland it's making a relationship with the person who makes the balloon yeah. garland that you're getting the best price and you're bumping it up so that you're actually making a profit making something yeah. um and it's and, and it's also being the best problem solver around i think people i think that's what yeah, a glorified and that's what it is a, a events planner is that's right it's it like is. how do i mitigate Anything from happening. And yeah, they're all exactly. happening. All yeah. the problems are at happening. Once, exactly. You could be like, we are so good at events now, but let me tell you, we just did a, um, I'm on the board of the Remix Project, um, which is an amazing program in the city that works with um, underserved youth. Um, and it's, it's an incredible program, but I was able to, because of my network, get them to have their graduation at History. 
which wow. was like life yeah. changing. You of know, the kids, some of the kids who performed there, and they're incredible performers. Mm-hmm. And we got all of the major labels were there to watch them, which was awesome. Oh, wow. Um, so many of them said, like, I can't even imagine being on this stage right like this is an opportunity of a lifetime mm-hmm. but it's it's about like i'm 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 42 like i've spent 20 years mm-hmm. working these grinding yeah, yeah and working these the, the reason why i and i say this and i don't want to lead anybody astray the reason why i have any money is from real estate mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. made money in my business but not this kind of money gotcha right mm-hmm. so i think we're shying away from this idea. Everybody's talking about a soft life now and, and wanting to not grind. I don't get it. You, you got to. <laughs> like, if you want certain things, if you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. Have your nine to five. I, that is, those people are so important. Mm-hmm. Those people who work oh, they make our corporate. Yeah, they make yeah. it work. Yeah. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But listen, if you want to make money and you want to excel um, and be an outlier, that's it's really really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. No, I can definitely imagine. So, is there is there is there one particular real estate transaction that stands out to you? And it'd be like your portfolio. That like what was your most successful flip? Well, my first for sure. Because, that was your first. Yeah, because that I look, set you up. Yeah, I look back because the profits for that for that were allowed allowed me to buy two, mm-hmm. right? So and then from two, yeah. you went on, and it doesn't take any more of didn't take any more of my of your own capital. money putting yeah. back in. Now I find I just bought a place. Um, in Hamilton and that's like the for me almost 10 years behind right so I bought a condo in Hamilton but I also am now starting to feel like oh now like I let my real estate company it just exists mm-hmm. yeah. I don't pull from it. it it it's it's growing my net worth on mm-hmm. its own right that nice. I don't use it for expenses or any of those things but that's where my wealth Reside. Your piggy bank. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, that I'm letting grow with interest, but I find more now. It's like there, there, there needs to be top ups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think my most, like my most exciting thing is I was able to buy. Like my fiance and I were able to buy a property in Miami. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Condo and or a uh, condo. Okay. But a, like we a nice sized condo. It wasn't five hundred square feet. No. No. <laughs> no. They they give no. you some space down there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so that was like a that was a big kind of um, exciting thing. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to buy in the states. It's not when you're a foreign investor. It's For a sure. whole like it yeah. was a whole lesson. I'm still learning lessons about that. Um, but that was an exciting thing. And I I do think. And I'm only saying this not to like, it's not a, I'm trying to brag, is that I just think women need to talk more about finances and women Mm -hmm. need to talk more about owning things. And we really need to, we're starting to get away from, but people aren't getting married as they used to. People Mm -hmm. aren't connecting in the way they used to because we're all on apps and and there's too much choice. I do think women need to, um, and that's why I think it's important for financial literacy that women need to understand their choices and understand um, buying property and why it's important and not wait until you get married and mm-hmm. share that place. I, I made, after I learned that lesson from my ex, I made every friend I have buy a property. Yeah. So all of them mm-hmm. followed my same thing and I still to this day get women involved in that. And so now when they get married and some of them have- They bring in something to the br- table. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's not all about, well, I want to live in Uxbridge. Well, too bad, because I have a deposit too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I don't want to live there, yeah. you know? There you go. Women need agency and 
and so do men and it makes it more level no 100 percent. and i heard also through the grapevine that you just purchased a, an event space mm-hmm. well we didn't purchase we're leasing you're leasing it okay yes but we have our own event space now so um one of the things that is hard with events is um finding clientele and you're fighting against um a group of very talented people for all of the corporate business. Mm. So now that there's a little, with COVID, there was some movement in people not wanting to have office office space yeah. or show, showroom space. We found a space that's perfect for events. All It used to be a, um, they used to do transmissions. They used to work on cars okay. back right. in the day. So we called it transmission studios. Oh, and it's really cool. open. It has garage doors. Nice. And okay. So now nice. we're renting it out to anybody any event planner yeah. who wants okay. to and we make the money off of the rentals okay yeah that's that's amazing that's amazing uh do you have any new ventures or anything mm. that you could share with us that you got going on yeah i have a, a new company called that good that we'll be launching in the new year it's that good eh? yeah it's that yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> tell us about it what's it about it's all based off of the ethos that i was speaking about before that we're in service and that we just want to do good things with cool people mm-hmm. and good work. We, we spend so much of our time at work that if we're going to create a world, let's let's create it with good people and people and, and raise them up. So it has a, a bunch of businesses under it because one of the things that I've learned about myself as a serial entrepreneur, <laughs> that um, I like to stay busy in lots of different things. Mm-hmm. So we have a, an arm that's a talent management agency. Okay. It's called Good People. And everything kind of spawns off of good. So good people. And that's where we represent um, a small number of excellent influencers. And we negotiate all their deals. From being able to know both sides. We know how much corporate has and we know how much influencers want. So we're able to finesse that. Um, We have Good Spaces, which is our new event space. Okay. um, Under Transmission Studios. Um, And we have a lot of very exciting things that are coming down from that good Mm -hmm. um, umbrella, which you'll see unfold over the next year. Good real estate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to have good talks. So one of the things in that is is we're going to have um, a yearly conference where it might not be yearly, but um, every couple of months where we talk about things that are pertinent to people within our generation. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them is financial literacy yeah i really just want to be able to break down the the mystique about like saving money you know what money is good money what debt debt is bad debt what is debt and why you should why some debt is okay and some isn't you know line of credits all of these kind of things and have professionals come in that have actually that actually speak our language Mm -hmm. because if you go and get a financial advisor i don't know i can't understand them no yeah. Okay, I just want to know what your fee is. Yeah. yeah because <laughs> you're sounding expensive. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All these words and terms. Exactly. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. So we got a lot of good things yes. on the horizon, a lot we of great do. things. That's amazing. Um, just wrapping up, do you have any words for any female entrepreneurs, any kind of gems or words of wisdom, you know, for women that don't know how to get started in business or might think that, you know, maybe OnlyFans is the only way that they can make money. Like, yes. how, how does a, a young woman that's, that's growing up right now, like, that wants to take control of their life through business, what would your advice be to them? I mean, no, again, no shade to OnlyFans. I started as a bartender wearing yeah. bikini tops and mm-hmm. low-rise jeans, right? Sure. So, And I made a lot of money and was able to invest in, in real estate. So no shade on, on whatever your hustle is. But understand that that these all of these things have time limits right you can age yourself out of anything and Mm -hmm. anything that depends on your beauty 
is, is a fickle industry. Yeah. So if you're going to stack that bread, stack it and put it and invest it in something. My second thing I would say is start. A lot of people are like, I really want to start a, a blog or I really want to do a podcast. Start. Uh, just do it. Because yeah. you're going to spend so much time planning and you're going to outplan yourself mm -hmm. and you're going to miss whatever you wanted to do. Analysis paralysis. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And my last thing I would say is fail faster. I've, I've been divorced. I have failed at two businesses. I've lost money. But I, I've only been able to be successful because I've failed and I've learned the lesson. Mm -hmm. So when, when I had my first failure with our clothing store, it, it, I thought I was like done forever. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. took me too long. And I and said, I've learned, I, if I look back, the amount of things I learned from manufacturing to like P&Ls to all of these things that mm -hmm. I learned, if I only just took those in and appreciated those lessons to start something new faster, yeah. I would have been five years ahead of For where sure. I am now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. don't let a failure knock you down. There's actual studies that will teach you that you make your biggest wins after your biggest fails. Mm -hmm. So. That's amazing. I think a lot of people are just kind of scared to, mm -hmm. to take that first step mm -hmm. yeah. and to scared to fail. Yes. But, you know. There's a reason why there's not so many successful people in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. fear. Yeah. yeah. So if you want, if you want to let fear rule your life, then you're going to be in the same place 10 years from now. No. So just that's don't. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate all the gems, and, and we're we're looking forward to seeing all the amazing things oh, that your you. ventures and everything is going to be coming in the new year. Thank you. So, uh, for anyone that's looking to to find you, where could they find you online? You can find me on Instagram at, at Coco and Co. But my name's Katrina Smart, so C A T R I O N A, and my last name Smart S M A R T. All you right. can find me under all of that everywhere online awesome awesome well thank you so much thank for coming you. through good. <laughs> good make some smart and good investments yeah. folks if you're listening here yeah. all right this is another episode of the m2m podcast thank you so much for tuning in